Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and today I'm going to be working on episode 1811 and 1812. Um, I'm going to see how far I can get through 1811, and if it um, bleeds over into 1812, then this will become a two-part series. Um, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get through this all in one episode. Um, I'm just going to talk really, really fast and see how much detail I can get out there. So real quick, this episode, um, I'm going to be really diving deep into tryouts. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second. Um, but really quick, again, um, this is Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Uh, I am co-owner of the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team in Dallas, Texas. I live in Arkansas. Disclaimer, I am an attorney. I practice law in the state of Arkansas, um, but I'm not your attorney. Um, so none of the information that I provide on this radio show or on the websites or on any of the digital media or material or the paper material that we put out for women's football um, creates any attorney-client relationship. Um, this is all for business information only. So let's get started. Um, real quick, so Earlier in the series, or earlier in Women's Football Success radio series, um, I talked a little bit about the topic of tryouts, um, and I really just did that so that you guys could kind of get an idea of the various topics that we're going to talk about here on Women's Football Success on the radio portion. But what I really want to do is really dive deep into it so that teams throughout the U.S. can really get focused on this and hopefully help lead them to some more success in the 2019 season. So in the NFL, they have the draft to get teams new players each season, right? We all, we all know that. In women's football, it is up to each team to do so on their own. I spoke briefly about this at the beginning of the Women's Football Success radio show, and that was just to kind of give you a broad overview. Um, we went, I just wanted to give you kind of some ideas of different things, event planning, to support staff, to coaching, to scheduling, to hosting a, a football game, and we'll go, we'll dive deeper into all of these topics. Um, but I feel that it is important to cover this topic um, going into what many teams are their first few weeks of offseason. So if you haven't made the playoffs, you're now in your offseason, right? Sorry, we're in the same situation here in Dallas. Uh, but it happens and we move on and we pick up the pieces and start over again. Typically in the NFL, they have the draft and the teams um, that get the higher picks are the ones that are ranked the poorest at the end of the season. So 
the teams that are still in the playoffs and go on to the Super Bowl get the last picks, right? Um, this gives the teams that maybe fell out or got knocked out earlier more opportunity to pick the best of the players that are available from the pool of athletes available from the colleges around the country. Makes sense. Um, obviously, in women's football, it doesn't work this way. So one reason is that we don't have a pool of athletes waiting to be recruited by one team or another. Um, and another reason is because teams do not typically pay the female players, especially at the beginning, to play for their team. So many people are not typically able to relocate to play for a particular team or asked to relocate to pay, play for a particular team unless that team's offering them or telling them that they're going to get a job to, of some sort. They simply play for the team in their local area and the coaches work with the athletes that they have on that team. With that being said, I feel like now is the perfect time to go more into deep detail about the tryout process for all of you teams listening out there. For those teams that have ended their season, um, either, you know, I mean, obviously because you had a losing season or a less than a stellar season, however you want to put that, um, whether it's because you had significantly low numbers or you find yourself needing several new players for the next season, now is a great time to hit the ground running and begin the, the recruiting process so that you could potentially have a much better season next year. To use our team as an example, the Dallas Elite started out the season um, with approximately nine players. Due to a split in the team just a few weeks before the 2018 season started, but as of opening weekend or opening week, the team had held about six tryouts in just a few weeks and recruited an additional 35 players. Now, approximately 28 of those new players actually registered to play with the team. Um, and as we'll talk about that a little bit more about the percentages. Um, but throughout the season, the team also suffered several season-ending injuries requiring the team to continue recruiting throughout the season as they could. Um, through these ups and downs, the Dallas Elite had about eight new recruits after the season started, but had about 10 to 12 big injuries. Now, this is not typical. Um, in all of our years in it, we have not had this significant number of season-ending injuries. Um, and some of them were totally freak accidents. Some of them had nothing to do with women's football. Some of them just happened to be out and about. Um, but with that being said, it, we still had to deal with it. And uh, we had to work our way through these issues each week. So with regards to tryouts, um, what I'm going to talk about 
And I'm going to see how far I can get this week. I'm hoping to get it all done in one episode so that you guys can have all this information. Um, if not, then I'll do a part two for next week, but I think I'm going to be able to get it done. Um, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about the supplies that you need to hold a tryout and the personnel that you need. Uh, typical tryout drills, the process of how it works and what to look for at the tryout, and then um, what players or the potential players need to bring to the tryouts, and then also promoting your tryout to get the best turnout um, or the best uh, potential number of people at the tryout. So let's talk about some essential tools for the tryout. Obviously, your goal is to have a flat location. Um, this could be either a actual football stadium, turf or grass, or even a park, depending on um, how you're wanting to do this, what your funding is, etc. Um, but basically, a flat location, approximately 40 yards by 40 yards, um, where you can hold some different drills. You're going to want a measuring tape, usually a 100-foot measuring tape. Um, they have some that are better that have like the rolly out for, for the measuring grass. Um, and I, it was about $25 at Lowe's, I'm guessing. Um, you don't want just regular measuring tape for construction, but I guess that would work just fine as well. Uh, you want some stakes or some spray paint if the location will allow you to spray paint or if it's not marked off in in yards easily um, that you can actually either stake the ground specific distances or spray the spray the grass and it's going to get mowed later. This is to mark off the different sections for the different drills. Um, some cones, they can either be tall cones or short cones. We typically use the short cones, but we use these for setting up drills that you want to test during the, the tryout process. Um, you're going to want clipboards, pens and or pencils, stopwatches. You're going to want some testing forms. Now, you know, if you just want to do this on three-ring notebook paper, that's fine. Um, we actually have printouts that we put in um, the players' names that have already registered online. And so those are pre-filled. And then also then each um, drill has its what's going to be recorded at that drill. You'll also want registration forms. Even if you have an online registration form, you will have people that don't register online, whether it's because they don't have a computer or because they decided at the last minute to go ahead and come. Um, but you'll at least want some paper forms um, that have registration uh, information on them. And that'll be part of a different... Um, radio show where I'll tell you what information you're wanting to get on these registration forms online and or um, through your website and that's going to be more of a marketing uh, episode um, with this kind of registration form obviously you need to know um, their name their date of birth best dates for practices sometimes you can fulfill those sometimes you just can't you know, sometimes there's dates that people just cannot be there. Um, you also want to get um, any other 
liability waivers signed um, and or have them do that online if possible. And then you also want to have water there because even though I'm going to tell you that we're going to have the players bring water themselves, um, some people don't listen, some people don't read, some people just get nervous and forget. So you want to have water there or water bottles or cups to fill the jug from the jug, whatever, um, in case somebody forgets it or doesn't bring anything. Those are kind of the essential items. Now, other optional items that you're going to want to have at your tryouts, um, a couple things that we use. We have tryout numbers that we actually safety pin to the um, potential player's shirt or pant leg. Um, if they're wearing shorts or, or sweatpants, usually if they're wearing shorts, we'll do it to their leg um, or we'll do it straight to the chest. Um, we also do a camera. We use this for video and or pictures. We like to take pictures of the individuals as with their numbers on. Um, this helps us to identify them and we'll talk about that later. We also bring a canopy or a tent for shade and we also bring table and chairs for a registration table. Those are optional. I mean, technically you could get away without the tryout numbers, the camera, the canopy, or the table and chairs, and we'll talk about that later. So let's talk about what potential players should bring to the tryout. Now you're going to want to put this on your promotional items or your marketing items, flyers, etc. But it's always good to have it out there on your Facebook as well. Um, tennis shoes and cleats but we usually have them use the cleats with the soft cleat not the metal cleat um, some players either or some potential players don't even have cleats yet so we'll let them try out in tennis shoes that's fine or soccer cleats we typically tell our potential players to dress uh, in layered clothing because on some practice or some tryout days, we've had it as low as 32 degrees, um, maybe even 30 degrees. We've had it as high as like 65, 75. In September, October, it can be in the 80s. Um, so it just depends. So we tell them to dress in layers so that it can go from 60 to 40 all of a sudden. We always tell potential players to bring their own water or their own Gatorade or whatever they want to drink. Um, but again, sometimes they forget, sometimes they don't read it. We typically have that there as well. You always want the potential player to bring their ID. Remember, they must be 18 um, by, depending on your league, check your league rules. Some of them it's by game day some of it's before they can practice, some of it is if their parent is willing to sign a waiver. So um, that is on a case-by-case -case basis from what I understand. Anyway, you also wanna make sure that they bring their tryout fee. Um, typically teams, teams go from free tryouts to $35 for tryouts. And I'll tell you why you wanna charge for the tryouts here in a minute. Um, 
We also recommend that each of the individuals arrives between 15 and 20 minutes early to fill out paperwork because sometimes you can get a line of eight girls showing up at the same, at one time and there is a wait to fill out paperwork or there's not enough clipboards. So we try to have people showing up a little bit early um, so that you don't run into having long lines um, for tryouts or for filling out the paperwork at least. So the tryouts typically last between an hour and a half and two hours. So if you're setting up a scheduled um, location where you're paying for the location, you may want to keep that in mind. Um, but this is going to depend on how many individuals actually attend. We've had anywhere from 22, I think was the max that we had at one at one individual tryout, um, but we've had two people show up. Um, on our teams, what we usually do is that that's just the, the rookies, the new potential tryout, um, potential players. On our teams, we've usually made tryouts mandatory for veterans. Um, that can physically work out. Now, sometimes, depending on the time of the time of the year, or if people have had surgery or are having surgery in order to get ready for the next season, um, sometimes their surgeries are scheduled for a particular time. But if they are physically able to participate in the tryout, we have them participate. Um, it allows us to do to do a couple things. We we're able to track times and see what their times are compared to last year. You know, if they've been doing some off-season workouts, I mean, they may have significantly changed their times. Um, sometimes you'll find that girls um, also lose or gain a significant amount of weight in a um, off-season. So it can really change the position that a player is going to play. We learn about improvements and changes and, and different things that are going on. Um, and then everybody also gets a great hour and a half to two hour workout. Now sometimes, depending on how long the tryout lasts, the veteran players may stay there and do an additional hour workout. Um, we've done that as well. So your team should plan to hold between four and six tryouts. Depending on, of course, how many players you need, um, but also, depending on how many people come to each tryout. Our first tryout this year is set for September 1st. So, um, and we, we've already started having talk on whether we want to move that back two weeks into August. And um, I'll, I'll let the coaches kind of decide that from there. But um, we will continue having tryouts until we have the number of players we desire. So if that's four, if that's six, if that's eight, um, the mindset on our team is we're going to just continue to have tryouts until we have the number of players that we need. It's important to note that as a rule of thumb, and I haven't gotten the I haven't gotten specific on these numbers season to season, but approximately forty-five to sixty percent of the players that come and participate in the tryouts actually make it to being a part of the team on the opening week. 
And I know when I first did this, um, the broad, excuse me, I yawned, the broad um, radio show that my number may have been about 50%, but it's between 45 and 60% that actually from the time that tryouts start to the time we actually get to the season starting, I would estimate it that at 45 to 60%. Because you have to account for accidents that happen, injuries that happen, work-related situations, relationship-related situations, people moving, people can't afford to play, etc. Um, people not realizing how time-consuming women's football is. All those different things play a factor. So I usually um, play it safe and say 45 to 60% actually make it opening. So what that means is that if you are needing 40 new players, you need to approximately have 100 new women attend tryouts. That's why it's so important to start early and to expect to have several tryout opportunities before preseason workouts start. So if your preseason workouts are starting in January, then you need to have six tryouts before January. Back out your schedule and see where that puts you, and that puts you in September. Um, now, you may be able to fit in eight tr tryouts before then if you tighten them up, um, which some people have to do. It, it does happen. Let's see how I'm doing on time. I'm doing pretty good, so I'm going to continue on here. So... My goal for all of the women football teams in the United States is to have 40 plus players this year. And I've stated that a couple times on other radio shows and stuff when I've been doing interviews, but I say that like it's my personal goal that I can actually make it happen. Um, now, I, I guess it's more of a hope that teams throughout women's football take recruiting seriously and put in the effort to get more than 40 players on their roster before the first week of April. Um, but I really, I hope it happens, but I really can't make it happen. It's not my personal goal. So let me get off subject just for a moment. I'm going to kind of get off topic to kind of explain what that means. And I, I may make a few people mad, but so what? This is to all of the teams that say that they can't get 40 players or those teams that say it's impossible to get 40 players. It's also to all of those teams that say a new team cannot be competitive with a, theme, a team that's been established for years. I'm here to call you out. So if you live in a location with more than 20,000 people in population, then you can get 40 players. If you do not live in a place with 20,000 people or more, then why are you creating a team? Mathematically, you probably do not have enough backing and enough sponsorship ability 
to be able to sustain a team. Second, if you have more than 20,000 people and you just think you can't find 40 people that are interested in football, then I'll, I call you out as well. If you wanna have a team, but you don't want to have more than 40 people, then play in the flag leagues. There's multiple flag leagues throughout the communities, um, through the recreation centers. If you want more than 40 people, but you can't find them, then it's on you. There are 40 people within your community that are female, that like football, that want to play football. So if you're not finding them, then you are not putting enough effort in, enough time in to get 40 players. And then I'm back again to, if you're not willing to put the time and the effort in to get those 40 players, why are you having a team in the first place? So let's get back to, you know, I'm not saying this to hurt people's feelings or to be a jerk, but the success of your team and women's football as a whole begins with the number of players on the field. It's essential to the longevity of the team. It's important for the quality of play. It's important to have the quantity of players to be able to have, be two and three deep in the depth charts and the ability of our sport to be taken seriously. So in this past season, the 2018 season was the first season that we did not have over 40 players on our roster come February. And the sole reason was that we were not the owners of the team at the time. And I'm not claiming to be a superhero or to be better than anyone else. We are typical people that love women's football. And I'll tell you, it is possible for each team to have more than 40 players come January 2019. If you don't think so, give me a call and we will work with you to come up with a plan to try and make that happen. But please note, only, only call me if you're serious. Um, if, if you don't take women's football seriously, um, please do not bother calling me because I only want people that are serious about women's football, that really want to put the time and effort into getting 40 players out on the field um, to give me a call. Uh, my phone number's out there, my emails are out there. Now let's get back to how we get these 40 players for next season. Typically, coaches set up um, five to seven drills for the individual uh, potential players to perform. So these drills can be Sometimes they include a long jump, a T drill, which is like a change of direction drill, uh, running drill, that sometimes they call it the crisscross drill, where you change directions only in an X formation. Uh, we have throwing drills, catching drills, 20 yard dash, 40 yard dash, depending on how much space you have available and um, how many timers you have. There's some coaches do a rolling drill, some do a ladder drill to test agility. And then some coaches have other drills that they really like to perform to test specific skills. These are usually done um, to test different skills for placement. So for example, if a team already has 20 or 30 players, <coughs> 
then they may add in some additional drills to test specifics so that they can see where in the team a potential player may place um, in reference to existing players on the team. A typical tryout goes something like this. So approximately an hour before the tryout, the coaches and the veteran players measure, set up, get out the time watches or the stopwatches and the clipboards for each station. A potential player will arrive and a staff member registers the potential player if they have not already registered online through Facebook or through the website. They have them sign the liability waiver and then assigns them a tryout number. If you do not use tryout numbers, you could simply identify a potential person um, by an identifying character such as the Nike t-shirt, blue cap, orange shoes, etc. I recommend taking a picture so that the coaches can later identify a potential player when they're discussing their tryout performance. We actually also videotape our tryouts and that's not because we're trying to you know watch people or or see anything but we are trying to um, compare performances and see how people interact as well. We take all those potential player names that we've gotten. So even if they've if they've registered online, they're already on our papers that we put on the, the clipboards. But we put all of those on the clipboards at all the stations and then we divide the potential players into about four or five groups, usually equal to the number of drills and as equal as possible to the number of people that we have out there. So 20 players, we'd have four four people in each group, five groups. Again, um, we typically have veteran players participate in the tryout alongside the potential players. So we add their names to the tryout um, test sheets as well. We feel this helps us in a couple different areas. One, it helps us to compare player ability and speed and it helps to relax the rookies and let the veterans know that they are competing for their positions on the team. But it also helps for people to interact. So the, the veterans usually do step up and say, hey, this, this drill is gonna test this and this, make sure you do this, make sure you turn the corner this way. And so a lot of times the veterans will um, take a couple rookies under their wing and really help them out. And it really kind of shows uh, the family aspect of our team. After each drill, um, the potential players move on to the next drill while having a couple minutes for a water break. Obviously, depending on the, the temperature it is during your practice or during your tryout, will determine how many more or less water breaks you need. At the end of the tryout, we let potential players know um, how many positions we are attempting to fill and that uh, a coach will call them in the next three to five days. Now, typically, depending on the group, I mean, sometimes you have 20 people trying out for at a tryout. So sometimes we'll split it up and have three or four different coaches call people. Um, sometimes we'll have just one or two coaches make those final calls. So, 
that's basically how a typical tryout goes. If you haven't one done one before or you've done one and you just don't feel like it's going successfully, um, try those tips and, and see if it works. So finally, let's talk about um, the most, what I feel is the most important part of it. And that is um, talking about the, how you're going to promote your upcoming tryout. I always recommend at least three weeks to promote the tryout. Um, if you can do longer than that, great. Um, if not, then you're really going to need to blast it out there and just put it out like crazy. I have to say that the best option is through Facebook. It has been by far the best performer for us. And those teams that have been around since before Facebook were a big deal may not have uh, caught on, you know, and just use Facebook for other basic things, but um, you really want to take a class or, or a promo on how to optimize your Facebook options. Um, but with that being said, Instagram and Twitter are also a close second to uh, the number of people that we get from Facebook. Um, just in the last week since, since our season ended, We've gotten about 15 inquiries for potential players. So that's really good for us as far as um, still being in this season and not even close to getting into the next season. Um, but I, even with the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter, um, I must tell you not to count out the old fashioned flyers and other like social media calendars as well. Um, we've gotten people from like community calendars that they were just looking up that what to do that weekend and saw that there was a women's football tryout and came to be part of the team and did the tryout and and then got shoulder pads and moved on um, but anyway the most important thing is to understand that if your goal is to get 40 plus girls and that means that you have to get more than 100 girls to try out, then that means that thousands need to know about your tryouts. So set up a schedule to hold three or four tryouts in a short period of time. That way, if you aren't getting the reaction that you want and you're not getting the, the turnout that you need, you can make changes and you still have time to be successful in your plan of getting 40 plus people. If you wait too long to start the tryout process, you may be setting yourself up for a failing season from the very start because you haven't allowed enough time to put in a fifth, sixth, or seventh tryout um, because you didn't start doing your tryouts until January. I hope that this uh, episode of the in-depth kind of step-by-step -step process of how to do a tryout, what supplies you need, how to promote the tryout will help you guys get off to a good start in this upcoming season. Again, my goal or my hope for all of the teams is to have 40 plus girls. So if we all can make that a goal of our own team, um, I think that it's very possible, which again, leads to the success of the teams, leads to the strength of the team, the quality of play, and just branches off from there. Again, if you guys have any questions, feel free to give me a call. 
Um, or you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, social media, email. You can even email directly to Dallas Elite Women's Football. Um, or you can get through to me on women's football success at gmail.com. I hope you guys have a great week and um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you all